702 and Cape Talk. The Literature Corner. And an old friend comes for a visit. Not that she looks old. Kate Sidley, author, columnist, editor, and just fabulous. Uh, Kate, it's lovely seeing you. Lovely to see you too. We did get uh, gazumped by Zuma last week. We so, did. We did. But we are better off for it. Oh, oh totally worth it. <laughs> <laughs> you got no argument from me. <laughs> and, um, and we've got a friend today. Introduce your friend to the world. Um, this is Georgina Geddes. Hi. She is a writer and journalist. And she's a big book nerd and book fan as well. And she has a book club and online book club called If You Like This Book, You'll Love This One. We love you, Georgina. <laughs> Thanks, we love you too. <laughs> this Listen, is all very cozy. I'm going to take a backseat on this one, not just because Kate can broadcast the show without my help. Uh, my brain is full. And also because they're going to talk feminism stuff, and I don't want to, like, mansplain feminist dystopian fiction. It sounds terribly, terribly serious. Well, thank you for that. I'm sure you wouldn't be the first person to mansplain feminist <laughs> dystopian fiction. Um, but yes, it's not a serious, I mean, it is a serious topic, but uh, these are all books that I think that your readers would like. Um, and they're quite readable. And the first one that I wanted to start with is a book called The Power by Naomi Alderman. And when you think about speculative fiction, you're, you're asking really the question, what would the world look like if? And in this case, we're asking the question, what would the world look like if men were afraid of women, afraid of being injured or, oh my goodness or Unthinkable. Or, <laughs> yeah well um uh, yeah instead of the other way around so it's inverting the status quo and the, the, the inversion in this case is that at the age of about 14 or 15, young women develop this strange new power and they can release jolts of electricity from their fingertips so they can give these little electric shocks. And what starts off with these individual acts, um, becomes much more, um, much more, more sort of widespread. So it starts off as this aberration, um, and they don't understand why it's happening and, uh, is it a virus? Is it something in the water? You know, um, and then it becomes this power more, that is. The power, the okay. power, yes. part of the coming of age. Yeah, yeah, part of the coming of age. And there's cell phone videos going around of young women ganging up, you know, electrocuting boys. And it's a, it's a very straight inversion. So the parents <laughs> are going, you know, we need buses for our boys. They're not safe with these young women around and we need schools for our boys and so on. Um, and then what happens is that it stops becoming an aberration and becomes much more widespread. So it goes from becoming an individual power to becoming a collective or group power. Um, so then what happens is that these girls can awaken this power in older women as well. So it's quite a good setup. Um, these sort of high concept novels. It sounds great fun. Yeah, it's great fun. And you know, it's not a one trick pony. They can become yeah. a bit of a one trick pony, but this one I thought was well done. Um, it's not too reductive. Uh, what do you mean? Is the whole series of them? No, no. I mean, there's one, but okay. there's one, but it's, it's, it's the, the sort of the, the bottom line of it is it could be oh, quite obvious. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's not. So they tease out the threads. I mean, Georgie, you've read this. Have book, you read it? You? Yes, I have. Um, I enjoyed it very much. And it's part of a range of this dystopian feminist fiction. So we've just had um, the one that's the TV series at the moment. The Handmaid's Tale. The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. So we've just had The Handmaid's Margaret Tale. Margaret Atwood's book. Yeah. yeah, and then there was P.D. James' Children of Men, which was a movie a couple of years ago. Um, and it's always this, this, this feminist what if, and it's often about reproduction, which, which the power wasn't. Um, but what I found interesting is that in the upsetting of the power in, in that book, um, the, the woman became the ones with the power and the, the, the home stories got lost in the grappling for power among the, the higher people in the hierarchy. So yeah, the okay. religion and the pr- pr- president yeah. and the, 
Um, that's what was good for it, good about it for me as well, though. It didn't just stick with like giving a little jolt to the boy at the prom who was, you know, whatever. Um, it, they took it into the realm of, she took it into the realm of religion, of state power, um, of sexuality. Um, and it's interesting. I mean, obviously, you know, the idea is that oh, yeah, women, we'd have this lovely utopian, everyone would be, it will be peace, love and understanding if we ran things. Um, which of course, you know, is a, is a naive view of power relationships. And <laughs> have you yeah. given it to them? men in your lives uh no not yet you can be the first okay do you think i'll enjoy it <laughs> i think you will enjoy it i think you will enjoy it um yeah, yeah I think it's but the reason i'm asking is that you know jokes aside it sounds like it could be a very powerful catalyst to get us boys and men mm. to not you know to self-examine and i'd be very keen to see how how boys and and men respond to it as readers as opposed to you know being able to give it to empower your already very yeah. woke um, young feminist teenager in your house yeah yeah no that is true and in fact it's told through four individual characters through main characters and one of them is a ma- one of them's a male um and he's a youngish male African journalist. So he travels the world and he's documenting and photographing this evolution of power. Okay. And then he gradually kind of learns to, to fear its abuses as well. And it's interesting. I think it's quite, it's quite well done and it resonates very forcefully. In and is there complexity the with the characters? Yeah. Yeah. I think there is. Yes. And because I, I would imagine there would be some girls who will say, no, we just, we, we cannot be. Uh, electro shocking or whatever cuting these boys mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. there's always some allies of of patriarchy around although even in dystopian worlds what was interesting about this one was the extent to which everyone was um willing to grab the power oh, nice. and that was the debate <laughs> yeah. is, is, is actually if if you have this power will you take it and run with it yeah. um and there was a beautiful scene in a boardroom where the woman was listening to a guy talking and she thought i really haven't got to pay any attention to what he's saying because i could just zap him <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> i'm going to i'm going to look look out for this one did, did you bring it with you uh i actually didn't I couldn't can i buy I it I at all reputable stores is it yeah. easily available? Yeah, it's easily. It was a very big book of last year. Is it? Yeah, okay. and it was very popular. And so it's The Power by Naomi Alderman. Naomi, where's Naomi from? Uh, Naomi from uh, American. Okay, Naomi Alderman. Yes. Okay, okay. Well, if you, some of you are asking, so that's what it called, The Power. Uh, you can go and look for it. And by the way, if you've read it, give us your take as well, and um, tell us what you've been reading. If you also want to tell us your little review, for I'll give you one minute. O double one double eight three zero seven zero two in Jersey, and in Cape Town on O two one double four six zero five six seven. Time flies when you're having fun. Fourteen minutes after eleven. Seven zero two and Cape Talk. The Literature Corner. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what shall we talk about next? Shall we talk about her online the, club or, or what uh, she's been yeah. reading? Oh, we've got the second, the second of the of the. This one's about. Re, yeah, it's also kind of a similar f- idea, but it's about reproduction. Why do you look apologetic? Now we've got plenty of time. When we talk books, there's never, there's always enough time to talk books. If, if I could, if I could zap you, I wouldn't have to be so apologetic. <laughs> I would love to be served by you. You tease. Okay, over to you then, Georgina. Okay, so um, one of the books that I'm actually still busy with. So, uh, so I Were you named after Georgina? Georgina? George. George? Enid Blyton. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> we need a little bit more context than that, even though we are talking books. Um, no. Uh, okay. No, that was... Okay, although sidebar. I was an enthusiastic reader of, of, of the Me too. Five as a Me child. Me too. Um, so... Uh, the one that I wanted to talk about is Future Home of the Living God by Louise Erdrich, mm. who um, 
Oh, right. She's great. Yeah, I, I haven't I, actually read her before. Oh, I've read a few of her books. She writes about with a sort of a Native American theme uh, to, often in her books. Yeah. Yes. And so this one is the story of a Native American girl who's been adopted by a white liberal trust fund family. Um, and she's been given the name of Cedar Hawk Songmaker. Um, and very early <laughs> on in the book, she goes to find her, um, her Native American roots. Um, and she learns that her birth name was actually Mary Potts, um, which is <laughs> <laughs> devastating. And, uh, yeah. Um, and the reason that she's heading out to find her, her roots is that she's pregnant, but she's pregnant in a time when evolution is running backwards and people are finding themselves pregnant with oh, earlier wow. hominid forms mm. while bugs are also giving birth to their evolutionary junior counterparts. Um, and she is, however, found to be having a perfect child, which suddenly makes her hot property in, in this, in this context. Um, and it's, it's, it's her, it's her journey and it's how she tries to hide her, how she tries to hide her pregnancy and stay on the run from people who would, who would want. Oh, that that's amazing. Yeah. That sounds very, very cool. What are yeah. some of the themes that come out of that? What is it exploring? Uh, so again, it's besides the proverbial human condition. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> broadly speaking, yeah. I find that it's 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 another one of these stories like Handmaid's Tale that looks at how, when we get right down to it, our ability to reproduce is just so vitally crucial to us, okay. and that um, that when something goes wrong with that, <laughs> um, everything falls mm. apart, and it brings out the absolute worst mm. in people, and it and it um, immediately. Uh, creates that divide between male and female, giving the men the power to decide mm. what to do with the women who can breed. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's, it's interesting wow, that, that, and I think it's, it's why it resonates. Why the Hindmaid's Tale, as well, which was written in 1985, resonates so strongly still in the age of Trump. I mean, controlling reproduction is is, is central to um, to governments and to particular type of governments. So, without giving so. away, what happens to this character's sense of self, realizing that society places this premium on the perfect breeding machinery I, I think that um, especially because she's going through something that is so personal which is a pregnancy um, it's uh, she's not she's not really engaging in a broader analysis okay. it really is a, a self-preservation um, I haven't quite finished it mm -hmm. yet so I don't know how it's all going to come together yeah but but um, what I'm enjoying about this one so much is again that it's been magnifying a family again yes. so um whereas the power i felt was this kind of high-end government high-end religion high-end gangster mm -hmm. um in future home of the living god we've been brought back to to how women are dealing with repression but in a home or in a family I have such FOMO. I wish I could read all of these books. <laughs> oh, double one, double eight, three, oh, seven, oh, two. That's why we make the circle bigger and we get other people on the show who read books that I don't read and genres that I do not know anything about. Uh, in Cape Town on oh, two, one, double four, six, oh, five, six, seven. So to recap, the one is called The Power, Naomi Alderman, and then The Future Home of the Living God, another dystopian female oriented novel, which seems amazing. What the author there again? Louise Erdrich. Louise, okay. Have you read any of these? What did you make of them? What are you currently reading? And have you read books which now you can give this genre tag to that sounds similar to these titles? Give us a call, 011-883-0702 in Jersey and in Cape Town on 021-446-0567. We'll take a bit of a breather and then we'll talk more books, books, books on the other side of this. 702 and Cape Talk, The Literature Corner. 
Ah, we're gossiping about the other section of the show. 22 minutes after 11. Let's get back to books. Though. What are we going to talk about next? Well, we do have some books which aren't in that same genre. They're not dystopian and they don't have a, a kind of gender reality to them. Um, and the one that I thought your readers might like, which is a very nice read and a, a good book club choice, is Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine by Gail Honeyman. And Eleanor is the main character, and she's a first-person narrator. And I always quite like an unreliable narrator. There's something quite charming about a very strong narrative voice um, taking you through a story. And she's quite an eccentric main character. She's clearly intelligent, but she doesn't fit in with the world. She's at odds with the world. She's very separate from other people. She's very disconnected. Hmm. Um, she has these kind of sad little rituals where she watches this program on this day and she um, uh, drinks vodka after work on a Friday, buys a bottle of vodka, doesn't speak to anyone the whole weekend, has this kind of <laughs> um, sort of schleppy admin job, doesn't speak to her co-workers. And you know there's something strange about her and something odd about her past or her psychological makeup. And part of the novel is finding out what that is, finding, discovering that with her because she also doesn't seem to know. Um, so in a way, it's a book about loneliness, uh, which I think is such a big problem in the modern world and, and is also something that's kind of shameful to the sufferer. So she becomes increasingly kind of isolated. That sounds interesting. Yeah, it is. And then it, it actually, it sounds a little dismal. Which is, she lo- is she lonely on the inside or do you, do you experience her as lonely as yeah, the, as the reader? Lo- yeah, she's lonely on the inside. And then she, what, what happens is that she sort of opens up just a crack and it's enough to sort of to sort of make it impossible to return to exactly the way that she was. And I think that's, it's quite a, quite a beautiful story. And she, it, it's a lot less dismal than it sounds. <laughs> so what saying, you no, need to have a bottle of uh, no. your own vodka while reading it. <laughs> no. James it, Blunt in the background. <laughs> no, it's just her and her pot plant and her bottle of vodka. No, it, it's, the, it's, she's got a highly idiosyncratic style, um, quite a distinctive voice. And it's quite quirky. I, I generally regard the word quirky with a great deal of suspicion in, in books but it's quite quirky um, but oddly uplifting in a way and the way she views the world because she's so isolated is she gets the wrong end of the stick on things all the time but she thinks that other people have got the wrong end of the stick like she thinks says, you know what's wrong with these people they're very strange and they don't get the point but actually it's her that's strange she sounds fabulous yeah it's great why is she unreliable yeah. because she looks for answers at the bottom of a bottle of uh, vodka I guess she's unreliable because she is so unable to see other people's reality and so in in terms of that previous example like she thinks they're not getting the point but really she's not getting the point Eleanor Oliphant Um, so she she presents a version of reality which we know as the reader is not true but we don't know what it is so it's good I liked it Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine I love the title (laughs) (laughs) what is your second book Georgina so my second book is The Party by Elizabeth Day um, which on the cover has this lovely shot that compares it to talented Mr. uh, Ripley and Gatsby Um, I I think that's quite a lot to live up to, but it really was a very interesting um, drama of manners um, among public school boys who then go on to be Cambridge University students and who then go on to be successors in their own right. Um, Martin is a scholarship kid, while um, Ben mm. is the son of an English lord. Um, they meet at school and... Uh, ben is insufferably entitled while Martin is an insufferable social climber. Um, and the story unfolds from there. Um, <laughs> Martin is a little bit in love with Ben, which colors everything. Um, and their, their friendship carries on throughout their lives until the party, which is 
Ben's 40th birthday party um, at which something is revealed. Um, and the story is told in, in flashbacks as well as in the, the present time as the, as the party unfolds. Um, but to, to describe any more of the narrative would give away what the, what the revelations are. Um, but it really is, it's about the intricacies of their relationship. I read a review that said it's a novel about um, social anxiety and class anxiety in England. And it is very much that. It feels like it's from another era. Um, but I think that there, those kind of concerns are stuck in another era. So the, mm-hmm. the, the public school and the, the social climbing elements um, really do feel like they're from long ago, but I think they actually still are very much they a play. They are, because especially in our country, as we are becoming hopefully more interesting as a society, we're going to see this complex intersection between class and all the other traditional markers of, of identity. Mm. Yeah. So, you, know, it was, so you, you don't need to go, have gone to Oxbridge to be able to identify with the poor chair of trying to climb the ladder. I mean, yeah, all yeah. societies will, will have some of these interesting tensions. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it. I think that it did suffer slightly from the fact that everybody was just so insufferable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is, which makes for a juicy read. Um, but it, it, it wears, they normally have a regular chat for a bit of, uh, yeah, a bit yeah. Of alternate color. You yeah. haven't, you don't feel you like you've been hanging chat. out with your mates. No, there was no re- regular chat mm. because. Who's the was, author? Uh, the author is Elizabeth Day. Okay. There's another The, the party. party. So, so yeah, look out for the one by that Elizabeth Day. That sounds stunning. You should get paid highly to write blurbs, do you? The way you summarize that without giving anything away <laughs> makes me want to go and read it immediately. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> if anyone would like to pay me, they're more than welcome. <laughs> so, okay, so you've, you've completed that. You've, you've completed those. What are you reading currently or what should we talk about next? Um, I'm currently reading for Franchuk. So I've got a couple of panels oh, that I'm going to be doing for obligations. Okay. Yeah, and then so I'm reading Kate Moss, who is not the supermodel, the one with an E, <laughs> and she writes historical fiction. And this one's called The Burning Ground, and she's one of the international authors that's coming out for the Kingsmead Book, Sha- uh, Book Fair and for the Franchuk Literary Festival. Mm. So she is my first of about nine books that I have for Franchuk. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to be there this year? Um, I haven't been invited. I'm not so apparently. I don't know. Oh, okay. You know, well, I'm waiting for my invite. I haven't been there in a couple of years. I think they're trying to decide whether I'm still ghosting them. The answer is no, by the way. So uh, just invite me, then I'll come. Oh, Absolutely. Okay. Especially if Kate's going to be there. Oh, thank you. We can yeah. hang out at the Elephant and Barrel. <laughs> yes, where else? <laughs> where everybody knows your name. I'm not, I'm not reading fiction at the moment. I'm waiting for Pan McMillan if they are listening. Pan, come on, guys. You know how much um, I love Nti King, Moshlele, and you want him on the show. I'm waiting for Michael Kay. I'm hoping that's going to be my next read. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. I just love his writing. He's my favorite South African novelist. I, I, yeah. Apologies to all my other novelist friends who are listening, but he really is. He's just, he is so artistic, philosophical, incredible. The lyricism in each one of his novels. And I can't wait to see what he has done in Michael Kay being in intertextual conversation with Jane Kutsia. Yeah, and I'm Life and Times of Michael Kay is my favorite Kutsia. So I'm really looking forward to reading this one next. What are you reading at the moment? So I'm actually still finishing Future Home of the Living God. Okay. Um, but I did take a little bit of a break from my slightly heavier heavier book pile to read um, the latest Jojo Moyes, which is still me, which is the second sequel, second sequel to Me Before You, which was the book about the the guy who was injured in an af- accident um, and it explores themes of euthanasia. Um, oh, wow. But so that was the theme of the first book. She's very popular, isn't she? She's a big book club queen as well, isn't yeah, she? She's she's a, Lots of people mm. love her. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, we've got a minute left, but I want to make some announcements. So what else yeah. do we need to get out there? For example, you've got an online book club. 
Unless it's exclusive. Uh, it's a little bit exclusive. Um, <laughs> we've, what, what, what we try to keep away from is people who just... Don't read books. Uh, who don't read books or who read absolute trollop and um, don't acknowledge that it's absolute trollop. So I, I, I <laughs> Well, that was a bit bold. <laughs> I love that. If you're reading it, you've got to be embarrassed. <laughs> we all read things that are embarrassing and we're happy with that. <laughs> Kate? Um, Any yes. events coming up? Uh, no. Are you involved in Kingsmead? Yes, I am. I'm okay, doing, when is that? Uh, it's the week before French Hook. They're both in May. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about them we'll both closer to their time and what's away. on offer and what's on the programs and, and just yeah. get people to interact uh, with, with all their favorite authors. Yeah. 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 No, it's, always, it's always a lovely time Stunning. in the literary calendar. Absolutely. So looking forward to that. Thank you so much to both of you. That Thank was you. great, great fun. Um, I hope you'll be a regular. It was so quick. Eh? Way too quick. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your love of books. Thanks for having us.